0: Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, et cetera. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now
1: well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me (laughs) undies makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it right now you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's me slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies. Comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by RW Knutsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case. If you know me, and you do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- on the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
0: hmm This,
1: this is, is the game, game of Roses. Welcome to the the game of of roses. I know my journey kind of really got just encompassed by conflict. Mm. Um, but hopefully uh, you know that I always had your best interest um, at heart. And hopefully it made it easier for you to fall in love with with whoever you did. And I don't know how it ended, but um, I'm always going to be in your corner. Thank you.
0: Mm. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
1: This is Bachelor Clues, and we have just concluded the men tell all of historic at season 17. And this was actually a pretty good mentel all. There was a lot of shit it happening. It
0: was. In this you infamously said that you traditionally... I think this is the worst episode of all time, and it was g packed with play, with surprises, with discussions of love levels and tings. I am not saying it's the worst
1: episode of all time, but generally speaking for me, for my level of entertainment, the Men Mm -hmm. and Women Tell Alls are my least favorite episode of the season. I still am going to maintain that's probably true here, but as Uh far as comparatively speaking to other Men tell alls, other women tell alls. This one had a lot in it. It's, it's near the top of the tell alls, in my opinion.
0: My least favorite are any episode that doesn't end in a rose ceremony.
1: Well, then this should be among your least favorite. But we're going to get to all the things that happened in this episode, of course. But before we do, we have to mention you can right now pre order our book, How to Win the Bachelor by going to Amazon or wherever you get your books. It's available for pre-order everywhere. Also, we have a t-shirt out right now that is a celebration of the subsport of the Huju. You can go to bonfire.com slash Huju and pick that shirt up for about a week and a half more, and then it's gone forever. So if you don't get it within that time, you're never going to have it. You're never going to be able to wear it and do a Huju on whoever you want to do a Huju to. <laughs> you're never going to be able to corner somebody at a bachelor's Viewing party and say, Do you know what a Hooju is?
0: We also dropped a Digging Deeper into the Patreon last night, which will be two nights ago if you're listening to this tomorrow night. It was a Digging Deeper in which we talked about musical artist Max's appearance on the Vial Files. We talked about Ben Higgins's appearance on Bachelor Party which was extremely dark. And we did a little little dig into the inaugural episode of Jibber Jabber with JPJ. So if you guys want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash game
1: And of course, in our quest to grow the pit to such a size that it swallows the world, we are now <laughs> actively attempting to win a People's Choice Podcast Awards. And we need your help to do that. So if you could, if you would, if you can find it in your hearts to go to podcastawards.com and vote for Game of Roses in the TV film category and in the overall category, we would be very grateful. We are hoping to walk across that stage and be able to utter the words the pit provides as we clasp in our hands the Golden Podcast People's Choice Award. I don't know if it's golden. I don't even know if there's a physical award, but I have that in my mind.
0: We would love an award. The only awards we've gotten, we've given to ourselves. I'm very reminded of the um, It's Always Sunny episode. The gang tries to win an award. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yes. It's very good. (laughs) It was a great show.
1: Speaking of great shows, it is now time for us to do what we do. We're going to break down this week's game. And now... Case Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses.
0: Wowee.
1: <laughs> Wowie indeed.
0: What a medal and a little portion of actual gameplay we got in there.
1: Yeah, we uh we knew this mental all was going to have certain things like Carl's return. We knew there was going to be some talk of Thomas. What we did not know until we began watching is that we were going to get about 20 minutes of actual document, actual gameplay. And the promo for our first portion starts out by saying, this is a mental all like you've never seen before. And we get glimpses of all these crazy things that are going to happen this mental all oh, connor is kissing somebody from the audience it's the first thing we see in this promo carl is there aaron says run back the tape on something katie's going to show up she accidentally calls aaron thomas connor has his ukulele and premieres another song this is basically a highlight reel of what we're about to watch they give it all away in the promo and then they say but first an unexpected turn and it looks like olio is going to do some self-elimination and that's exactly what happens. They literally give away <laughs> everything in the first, like, 45 seconds. So we cut to Katie walking down a path, talking to Tasha about making these tough decisions and the importance of the upcoming first round of playoffs. Katie's feeling confident about the final four guys, and Katie tells Tasha that she is falling in love, but she hasn't LL4'd any of them. And we know she's only LL3'd Grippo at this point. And then Tasha tells her... If you feel it, say it. She told multiple guys that she was falling for them, and it could be the thing a person needs to really blossom. This, for me, was a wow moment because the producers <laughs> have told Tasha to go in there and say this because they want Katie Thurston to tell as many guys as possible she's falling in love with them. So when she ultimately does eliminate all of them but one, we get maximum emotional trauma from these events.
0: I also am like, Tasha's like, I love level three multiple people. Is she not? distinguishing between love level four and three it's like katie's already love level three people just keep forgetting katie's love level three grippo forgot it grippo forgot he love level three katie come on (laughs) is no one keeping track of this except us
1: (laughs) no but this isn't just us the love levels are a known thing if we go back to andy baldwin i think was the first one to do two people in one season Mm -hmm. ben higgins obviously super famously did it on bachelor yeah ben higgins famously did it on season 20 to both JoJo JoJo jo Fletcher and his rank winner Lauren, now Lauren Lane, then Lauren Bushnell, and that destroyed JoJo. She heard mm-hmm. that and thought it meant I've won the game. And then when he dumped her, she obviously became uh, the crown for the next season. So we're now in this era where the producers, either through Tasha or other means, are encouraging the lead to ll as many people as possible. And that's what this moment represents.
0: Back at the house, the uh, players are talking about hometowns. Grippo says, my family is going to see it all over my face regarding how he feels about Katie. It's like an aura. Grippo, you're describing the glow.
1: Olio is the one who calls it an aura. And oh, indeed, really? Yeah, it is a glow. But fascinating that they recognize it. They're not yet using gore terminology, but they recognize the component of play, this piece of the mechanic that during hometowns, you are looking for a glow. You're also looking for a blessing. Those are the two kind of main pieces of the hometown uh, that the lead is looking to get these things to happen.
0: Justin is still there. I forgot about that. (laughs) Alio talks about his son James, how Katie affirmed him in the last episode, and he ITMs that he had been left on Cloud Nine, that he was maybe Mr. Cloud Nine now after that conversation. Katie tells Tasha she's most nervous about meeting Alio's parents, but that it makes her really excited to be an instant mom. And then Alio FaceTimes his son James, who shows him how fast he is at running. Olio has to lie to the child. He says that he is working. James just wants to go to the beach and Disney World.
1: But then after lying to his child, his child says, maybe daddy left because he doesn't want to see me. And Michael has to quickly correct this and say, that's not the case. And I miss you. You miss me, right? Hangs up the phone and Olio goes immediately to the production of Tears. And he ITMs how hard this is on him and how scared he is. Now, this is a part of the package deal. Any player who comes into our beloved game with a package deal faces this exact same moment every season. Some players can handle it. Some players cannot. Some players can handle it multiple seasons in a row, like Amanda Stanton, who seemingly <laughs> was never at home. She was on Bachelor of Paradise. She was on Bachelor and Always about the kids, but here Olio seems genuinely affected by this. And we even get a person emerging from the shadows. A producer comes out to play uh, Shoulder to Cry on an STC-04 Olio. Super rare. I don't know that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. a producer come out and hug a player.
0: I think we have seen it, but it is rare. And this was my wowee moment of the game. Okay. (laughs) Alio says, thank you to this mass producer for this STCO. And I'm just like, thank you like for giving him the two-minute allotment of time he gets to FaceTime his child, even though he's probably sitting around all the time. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me.
1: Oh, totally. I got similar vibes from, you know when else it happened that I know of for sure? was Andy Dorfman's season. I forget the name of this player, but he died in a parasailing accident. And they told the, the final three players and Andy Dorfman in what looked to be Chris Harrison's living room. And all the producers came out of the shadows and they all did a big group hug. Do you remember that?
0: It was Eric Hill.
1: Eric Hill. There you go.
0: He died in a paragliding accident. So...
1: We're getting these similar vibes, these images of the show cares. You are a part of our family. We'll at least send in someone to hug you after we have essentially imprisoned you without a cell phone for the better part of two months and kept you away from your child with almost no contact. And then Olio ITMs that it is breaking him to know that his son is feeling rejected by him and he feels guilty and conflicted, selfish for being there, and he doesn't know what to do. So he gets in an elevator for a knock-knock and shows up at Katie's room, and we know what's coming in portion number two.
0: He ITMs that he can't be in two places at once, that pain is something he can take, but when it starts to affect his son, that's when everything changes. I'm at war with myself on what to choose. He tells Katie, I know this is an important week. I had a gut feeling because of you. Our one-on-one date was the greatest, but something happened, which kind of changes things for me. James is home. I was FaceTiming him. He said, why don't you want to see me anymore? I can't focus on anything else. Alio produces tears. He says, with hometowns coming up, it's wrong to give you half of what I could be. It kills me. I see so much with us. My decision to leave hurts you too, but I'm going back home because a beautiful boy needs his dad. Pulls tears from Katie. She didn't see this coming. Saw us going to the end, which makes this really confusing for me. He says, I'm not leaving because of us. I'm leaving because of my son. My son needs his dad. And then. He says, the first night we met, I handed you a stopwatch, took it because you didn't have any pockets, but I understand the importance of time. When you're here, there's two things you talk about constantly, time and love. I thought love was going to be the harder one to attain, but it wasn't. We ran out of time. So he gives her this stopwatch. It's a re-kringle. A (laughs) re-kringle. I mean, look, spoiler, but Alio was not my MVP, but he was a close second. It turns out he was the funniest player in the house, but they just cut out all of his jokes out of the show and make him sound like this serious, sad sack.
1: Yeah, we, we did get to see that he was very funny, but he was definitely not my MVP. In fact, Michael Alio's package deal self elimination was my error, 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 error of the game. And this is only the first of two errors. There is another error that what? I will get to that happened in the mental all. That's correct. Oh my god. I'm okay. An, I'm giving an error for the Tamaya Resort play, and I'm gonna give an error for the onset live studio audience mental all play. So this error You love
0: to give awards.
1: <laughs> I wanna get them, so I'm gonna give them, okay? That's how it works. You put it out in the universe and you get it back. Mm-hmm. So okay. I am simply saying As we always talk about on the show, you don't ever self eliminate, especially not in this manner. Because what Alio has done here is basically prohibit himself from ever returning to the game unless it is in a Mesnian style where his kid can be there with him at all times.
0: Yeah. Bachelor or bust.
1: Basically, if it was so detrimental to his relationship with his son that he had to leave going into the playoffs, 11th hour two more weeks he couldn't stick it out two more weeks because it was so traumatic to leave his son then guess what you can't come to paradise ever it would be seen as incredibly 4TWR so he's kind of painted himself into a corner with the self elimination at least by way of uh, 4TRR
0: or he creates a children's palapa
1: it's like all the single
0: parents (laughs) Amanda Stanton gets to come back yeah I mean it would be an interesting element it just, I don't know if they could do that.
1: <laughs> I don't think they could. When the kids are like, I have to go to the bathroom, and they're like, hold it. I don't know if that'll work. Oh, God. <laughs> but despite this self-elimination, he gets a couple of hugs. He gets a final romantic kiss in the hallway. Katie produces some more tears as Michael's packing a suitcase, and she ITMs that it doesn't feel right because they were so close to the end. The connection is still there and unexplored, and Olio drives away. And Katie says, I knew what my life would be if I chose Michael. And that was a life I wanted. It's very possible that my person just left. She at least is saying the right things here. She's trying to trump up the drama of him leaving, that he might have been the one that was going to win. She even said when she was talking to him, I thought I was going to walk away from this with you. So we're given the impression that he was the de facto ring winner and he's just left the game. We all have to eat. And now, (laughs) there's a better way to do it. We are, of course, talking about Green Chef. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow recipes, perfect for keto, paleo, or plant-powered diets, which is what I'm on. Or even if you just want to eat in a more balanced way, Green Chef is going to help you out. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes that go way beyond ordinary for a diverse array of meal plans and plenty of options to choose from each week. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table.
0: Clues. I don't know if we've talked about this, but... I hate salad. (laughs) No, I didn't know this about you. (laughs) Okay, I I feel like salad is a chore. I'm just trying to get through it, you know, traditionally. But I made something with Green Chef last week, the chili ginger pork salad. Mm -hmm. It only took maybe 20, 25 minutes for the whole entire process to make. It's got hearty veggies juicy pork chops ginger lime dressed kale with cabbage carrots scallion roasted red pepper chili ginger pork and toasted sunflower seeds you got a drizzle of a spicy ginger lime aioli which i love aioli and guess what this salad is keto paleo gluten-free it was absolutely delicious I'm starting to come around on salad. I never thought I would say this.
1: That's fantastic news. And I gotta say, I love anything with a drizzle.
0: Oh yeah, the drizzle was was a was a highlight. And Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meals meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now Game of Roses listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with gore.
1: You're just going to go to GreenChef.com Roses100 and use that code Roses100, and you're going to get $100 off. This includes free shipping. Go to GreenChef.com slash Roses100 and use the code Roses100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well.
0: And that is all of the regular game that we get to see for tonight. Portion number three begins with the ultimate girl gang entering the men tell all. They switch off talking. I gotta say, they gotta work on their teleprompter work it's like we all know it's not your words, but at least try to convey it's somewhat your words.
1: They were terrible. Let's be <laughs> like blunt and honest here. In terms of delivering these teleprompter lines, they both were not good. Extremely off yeah, the cuff stuff. Yeah. Totally. Throw them in a situation where they're like walking down a dirt path with Katie, telling her to love level four mm-hmm. everybody or showing up to not drink some milk sitting on the table with Katie in her room or introducing <laughs> Blake Moyes is coming back. All of those things they like pulled off in a pretty genuine demeanor. This shit was real hard to watch. There was just nothing in it. It was like smiles on their faces, but like dead eyed, a little deer in mm-hmm. headlights, just trying to get through it. And one thing I did notice in the very beginning here is they say, it's so good to be back. And look who we brought with us, our live studio audience. And they cut out to the fucking audience. This is shoulder to shoulder. As many people as they can pack in in jewel tones. Not a yeah. mask in sight. COVID is fucking over.
0: I was really wondering. I was like, will it be a little sparser? No. I mean, I bet they had everyone do tests. I hope. I hope. Oh my God, you're laughing at me so hard. <laughs> yeah, they probably had everybody do a test. You're right. I just went to a wedding this weekend where we all tested outside the wedding. It was an interesting element of it.
1: That is interesting shit. Maybe they did that. I don't know. Maybe they did. I'm, I'll give them benefit of the doubt. Everybody's tested. Everybody's vaccinated. But nonetheless, I, the image yeah. they're pumping out is like packed house, no masks.
0: I would have liked to see all in, all people in jewel tones it's all, mostly women still but all jewel tone masks too i thought that would have been an interesting Ooh. covid audience
1: yeah that would have been good
0: we do see one interesting figure in this audience though someone is in a full cat tut and this was my <laughs> creature of the week be, 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 be
1: wait though wait 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 this is a human being
0: it was a cat (laughs) okay
1: Okay. so your creature of the week is this woman in a cat suit look i Mm -hmm. took note of her don't get me wrong and i Mm -hmm. was wondering the whole time did they make her sit in that fucking suit a person to me cannot be the creature i'm you know whatever it is to you it is to you to me that is Mm -hmm. not a creature
0: all right, but well, I, you are giving two airs this week. This lady gets my creature. <laughs> fair
1: enough. Fair enough. She certainly was, um, you know, putting her totting on display. I was curious if she had to wear that the entire night or if they let her change, but.
0: I think she did wear it the whole night. Oh. Kept cutting back, at least. But then
1: our two hosts welcome the men who will be participating in the Mental All. There are 12 such men. It is Courtney. It is Cody, Carl, Trey, Brendan, James, Kyle, Aaron, Connor, Hunter, Andrew S., and of course, Michael. Alio, who we just saw do his self-elimination.
0: Two notable things with these chair intros. Connor does a little cat gesture when they focus on him. Liked that. Alio has done some facial hair play. He's grown a beard.
1: Yeah, it's the Al Gore method. Remember when Al Gore after he lost the presidential race, came back with a beard and became like, I'm all into the environment now. I'm going to make documentaries about global warming. And he was at a beard and people were like, who the fuck is this guy?
0: Mm, I don't remember that.
1: Maybe it was before your time.
0: We get our first reel and it is the drama reel. We see Carl doing his punches. We see Aaron versus Cody. We see people talking about followers. We see. Thomas villain edit Hunter villain edit.
1: And then we come out of that reel and Caitlin gets Aaron to start shit talking Cody. And this just sets off what this entire portion is basically now just a fight between all the guys. You can barely hear what's happening. They're talking over each other. Aaron calls out Cody for seeking fame posting something on his Instagram that read, I'm going to be famous in six months. Cody defends it, saying it was taken out of context. Brandon jumps in. It's fake news. You fooled everyone in the house except Aaron. Cody says he was there for Katie. Carl calls out the guys for starting witch hunts. Aaron comes for Carl. Brandon swoops back in to attack Carl as well. This is the most we've heard Brendan say for the entire fucking season.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Carl is put to the task of saying, Who he outed? Courtney jumps in. Carl says Brendan's only signed up for free beer and a trip to the U.S., which I thought was actually the funniest moment of this little fight. Trey comes at Carl, pointing out that he can't say it was Thomas and also say it was multiple guys. Carl shushes Brendan. Carl admits to making a mistake on stage. They all start standing up. Carl fucking walks over, gets like an inch away from Brendan's face, literally, and Brendan calls Carl fake news one more time. It's a mess. This was just like a fucking disaster. In Dark Lord Harrison's days, I believe he would have controlled this a little bit. I'm just saying he would have controlled it. Oh my God. I'm not saying he's a (laughs) a good guy or anything. I'm just saying he's a million times better at doing these things than Tisha and Caitlin were.
0: I do think a different host could have jumped in and made this more clear and made these guys get clear on the record. And directly talk to Carl and then directly talk to Brendan, accusing him or something. Like it, when you have just everyone screaming at each other, we're not following anything. We're just like, oh my god, this is a mess. People are standing up. And Carl told him, "I did like that line." One second, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Carl did
1: have some good lines in this, I will say. He didn't redeem himself by any means, but he had some funny no, shit. He did not. I will say the thing that is missing after we have gone through these portions and we've seen this fight break out and Tasha and Caitlyn do nothing, they just sit there, Tasha and Caitlyn have zero authority over this program. <laughs> and that is what a host has to have in these situations. If you're the ones guiding us through all this shit and inviting mm-hmm. people to hot seats and saying this happened and what'd you think of this, you have to seem at least authoritative over all this. Like you're in control. Yes. of it. At no time did they seem in control of any of this.
0: I just read what I wrote. I feel like I'm watching the last two United States presidential debates. No moderating. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the fucking feel of it. I fucking totally agree. And we don't even get... There's, I don't even know what the, how this portion ended. It just but ended with that.
1: Carl's standing
0: there right in Brennan's face. Fake news.
1: Yeah, fake news. So portion ended. ends. And yeah. then we start portion four back up, and Taisha and Caitlin try to stir the pot again, reinvigorating this fight between Brennan and Carl. And then they bring up Thomas again. And Trey maintains that he never wanted to be the Bachelor, and thinking about being the Bachelor night one is nuts. <laughs> this shit made me fucking crazy. Yeah. Everyone who goes into this game, at least at one point, entertains the idea of what would happen if I went far in the game. What would happen if I became the next bachelor or bachelorette? There, it is impossible to not have that thought go through your head at least once. And here Trey maintains that that's crazy. I never thought that even once. Don't believe it.
0: What a, what a hill to die on, Trey. Come on. <laughs>
1: Hunter jumps into this and he says he was starting to stick up for Thomas, but then people were coming at him and telling him uh, that it looked like he, he looked bad for doing it. He had egg on his face. And Hunter says, this situation makes you do and say things you wouldn't normally say and do. That, to me, is basically the thesis of the entire game. Mm-hmm. This is not about finding love. The show puts you in a situation That makes you act outside your normal array of actions. It turns you into a different person. And yet, the conceit of the show is that you just have to be yourself to find love. But the show doesn't allow you to be yourself because of the circumstance that it puts you in.
0: I thought this was a great line. James then says, no one's saying he's a bad guy. Aaron, I think he's a bad guy. Aaron, very consistent with his character. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's just always on the attack. Even people who aren't there in the room, he's just going to fucking keep laying it on.
0: Then they talk about James calling Hunter Thomas 2.0. Hunter, he actually said 1.5. And Hunter does, uh, this was up there for my plays of the game. He says, definitely with the dishonesty, with the top four thing, I got to own that. But as far as the love thing, I was asked if I was in love, then asked if I was falling in love. And those are two totally different things. Differentiating these love levels. Love it. I LL for this.
1: Fucking beautiful. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Any time we get players talk. Clues was closing his eyes as he
0: did that. (laughs) So beautiful.
1: It fucking was to me. I love open gameplay speech, especially when it starts to get intricate like this, where they're making differentiations Mm -hmm. between the, the last two love levels. All those fucking players know that. They all know it. Hunter's the one calling it out and saying, look, motherfucker, I don't know what it was like for you on this fucking game, but I understand how the game is played. LL3 and LL4 are different. Yep, I LL3'd <laughs> on stage, but I did an LL4, so stop fucking accusing me of it. I loved this. Absolutely loved it. And then Connor the Catman B steps in here, making, really, his first big appearance. He defends Hunter. He's like, he was my roommate, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, he was feeling those feelings. LL3 was fucking real. And then James gets called out as having the wrong opinion of Hunter, and Tasha teases Connor... Getting in this kind of first hot seat introduction, we know that Connor B is going to have the first hot seat in the next portion, portion number five.
0: Connor B makes a joke about the hot seat. It's toasty. Bristow calls out his gameplay, you even got a night one kiss. And we see the second reel, a heartbreak reel for Connor B. And he's doing the right reactions in the reaction box because KB says, I can tell you're emotional.
1: Every time they play one of these reels, this just reminds us what we're watching here. This is a piece of being complicit. They make these people sit in these chairs and rewatch a reel designed specifically to make them sad or angry or whatever it may be to relive the trauma that they have just escaped, dragging them right back in. And it produces tears every time. And the first question the hosts always ask, Dark Lord Harrison did this as well, by the way, is that had to be tough to watch back, huh? Yes, it was. Why did you make me do it? Because we want to see you cry. We want to reduce you to tears (laughs) once again. The nervous breakdowns are not over. We're trying to get one last one here Mm -hmm. live on stage.
0: Well, you want it. You want to produce tears if you can while you're watching it back. Always. Even if you're watching a villain edit back, to be honest, if you can produce tears, that's going to get some empathy. And KB asks, "Have you ever been told you're a bad kisser?" And Connor B admits that when he got back, he texted a few people, "Am I a trash kisser?" And then, a lady in pink in the audience stands up. We learn her name is Tara, and she was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-week. She says, excuse me, I watch you on the show and I just think you're absolutely adorable and I know you can't be a bad kisser. Runs down onto stage and makes out with Connor B.
1: Tara Kelly Music, that's her Instagram handle, was also my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Tara Kelly has 15.1 thousand followers on Instagram. Again, her Instagram handle is Tara Kelly Music. She is a musician. She is followed by Hunter Montgomery and Lori K. Publications. Her latest single, Play With Fire, is out now, per her Instagram biography. We have since learned that this was a part. This was cast, and here is the casting call on Central Casting. Hello. Production is looking for a couple women who may be comfortable to speak on the show. The scenario will be as follows. One of the guy cast members was accused of being a bad kisser on the show. At the end of a segment with him, a young, attractive woman, possibly you, from the audience would stand up and say something to the effect of, I saw your kissing on the show, I think you're very cute, and I know that you're not a bad kisser. I'd love to put that theory to the test right now. This woman would then either come down onto the stage to kiss the guy, or he would respectfully decline and perhaps accept a hug instead. Would you be comfortable possibly doing this? So, Tara Kelly was paid for her performance to be on the show. She played it impeccably, and she not only gets this giant moment where Connor B. is making out with her. All of the guys are standing up, jumping out of their chairs, screaming, oh, yeah, go get her. Andrew S. is screaming, uh-huh. you're a tiger, you're a tiger, as loud as he can, <laughs> with as much enthusiasm and intensity as he can. Even Tasha and Caitlin are blown away by this. Oh, the whole crowd's going wild. She's the center of fucking attention. She then gets out of this makeout and she pulls a hot seat for herself. She sits down next to fucking Connor B, getting more screen time than anyone from the audience ever has, including the, what I now know to be, actor that was cast to come out and cut John Paul Jones' hair on his season. This is fucking incredible. We've never seen anything like this. And is this going to become a staple now? Are they going to cast actors and actresses specifically to do things like this on every tell-all?
0: Yes. They are the parts that I remember the most. That guy who got the tattoo of lace on Ben Higgins season. The woman who wanted a lock of John Paul Jones's hair that one season. <laughs> um, she got more screen time than Courtney, Cody, Kyle. Kyle was there. That's about it. I think she didn't beat the rest, but yeah, Kyle was the heather of this mantel All reunion. But he says i was literally checking you out earlier and she says can we hang out to slide into this hot seat i'm not even sure if the hot seat was planned actually it probably was planned because katie caitlin has a question for her you're so cute how was the kiss one to ten tara eleven connor b one more for the road and then he makes out with her and then he pulls a rose out of the table decor, and he hands it to Tara and says, I want your number. Connor B's reaction to this audience plant was my play, 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 play of the game. He makes his own bachelor season preview with this. He had no power. He had a little power. He had a hot seat. But he creates this power. He gives himself a rose to hand out. I mean, I thought that how he... I don't know if he was in on this, but the way that he reacted and the little moves that he did were perfectly played, in my opinion.
1: I completely agree. I don't know if he was in on this either. And if he wasn't, that makes him an incredible fucking player. If he was... It makes him a very, very good player. Like, he's down <laughs> with this, and he's like, yeah, fucking do it. Hire this person to come make out with me.
0: He redeems his fool at it regarding his bad kissing in this. It was just uh, wonderful.
1: I agree. And this was, you know, pretty much, I think, the highlight of the entire mental all. It was the most important mm-hmm. moment, the biggest moment.
0: Not your play of the game.
1: No, I think... We'll get to my play of the game. This, this was up there. This was almost my play of the game. And I almost gave it to Tara Kelly Music, to the fucking Jorge Moreno <laughs> bystander, because that was her. <laughs> Connor reacted <laughs> correctly to it and everything. But imagine uh-huh. she's a musician. She's got 15,000 followers on Instagram. She's trying to get famous. And she's like, fuck it. I'll go do this thing and make out with this fucking guy on uh, the mental all and see what that does to my Instagram. Like, that's the only real reason to do this.
0: She got paid, but I bet a lot of people would pay to do this job.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. But I bet they gave her like 500 bucks or something. But she she did it perfectly, I thought. And like we were saying, she got a fucking hot seat time out of it. That alone Mm -hmm. is super all-star shit. She's not even a player. And she got a fucking hot seat?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's a couple players I know in Bachelor history who have created hot seats. They haven't been assigned them. And then they interact with the bachelor or they interact with the host and they get themselves a hot seat by saying like hey can I just talk to you for a second can I come up there that little move but for an audience member to do this I don't think we've ever seen this
1: no I don't think we haven't on bachelor for sure yeah I definitely would have remembered that but that rounds out portion five and then portion six begins Tasha brings us into this next portion a stiff read once again Introing Andrew S., who's going to get our second hot seat. And after he comes out of his reel, Tasia says, "I can tell it's really tough to relive all of that." They say this every mm-hmm. fucking time, just twisting the goddamn knife.
0: And this is what you get with these heartbreak hot seats and heartbreak reels. We saw an audience member; he pulled tears from an audience member with this one.
1: Yeah, he says those were real emotions. What he had with Katie. It was always consistently them. And he says he's accustomed to heartbreak. So he was just feeling every single relationship that he's been through that has failed. And having to restart is never something you want to have to do, especially with Katie, who he had real feelings for that he's never felt before. And he's still waiting for someone to pick him for 100% him. And he then says he never had a bad moment. All the moments were getting better. They were all good. It just wasn't enough compared to the other guys. and after he says that he's waiting for somebody to pick 100% him, both Tayshia and Caitlin are like, yeah. And there's this weird pause where you're almost like, are they going to announce him as The Bachelor right now? And then they don't. They just let him fucking <laughs> like stew in this moment. You can almost see it in his eyes. He's like, is this
0: it? Are you going to announce it? Is he going to be first sand? Maybe.
1: Maybe. I could see that.
0: I feel like one of the it's the first male sand is going to be one of these heartbreak edits. Yeah. And I I don't know how Alio touches sand. (laughs) I don't
1: think he can. I don't think he can. That's in like fucking three or four weeks. We just saw him go through this whole thing about, I have to go be a good dad and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like,
0: Hey guys, I'm ready to party.
1: I don't think you can do that.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's at the mental wall. Uh, then Taysha asks Andrew S. to talk about his interracial relationship struggles. Andrew says that Katie's response killed it. Every word ca- that came out of her mouth, I was like, yes. But he wants to be realistic. And he's not afraid of having to shoulder that and represent black men. Um, We see a Bachelor in Paradise preview. Did you watch this?
1: I saw, the only one I saw was the one with... um. Victoria Larson trading yes. in her tiara for That's the goddess queen or whatever. <laughs> the crown queen of Victoria
0: the is now a goddess. I, <laughs> I loved that. Away. She's leveling <laughs> oh, up. Jesus Christ.
1: I cannot fucking wait. I hope she has like fucking three guys who don't have roses and she makes them all like kneel before her feet and like worship her to see who can do it the best to get her fucking rose. I hope some shit like that pops off. I truly She's do. She's going
0: to make them carry her. Carry oh, her God, around the please.
1: beach. I can't fucking wait.
0: Portion 7 begins, and Bristow introduces that no one's exit was more heartbreaking than this one, so we're going to get the biggest heartbreak hot seat, and that is Michael Olio. We see his reel. We see him and Bristow produce tears in response.
1: His reel, by the way, had about... Five minutes in it, it seemed like, that we literally just watched at the front of this episode. They replay back his entire exit that we fucking just saw. It's such a waste of time.
0: Olio says, honestly, Olio's hot seat here was up there also for my play of the game. He says, I want to say this reel brought me back to that day, but I've been dealing with it since. It's a balance that all single parents try to keep together, a constant juggling act between deciding between this person that you love and trying to find love and happiness, but it was his only decision. Bristow says, I can't imagine how hard it is to say goodbye to someone you're falling for. He says nothing has changed. And she asks if Katie wanted to give it another shot, and he says that he would. And that they juggled a theme about love finding a way. KB brings up his iconic line, how lucky it would be to fall in love twice. And Alio says... I felt like I was in high school with his previous wife. They were together for 16 years. It just doesn't seem possible. But now there's tons of hope out there for him. Now wouldn't have existed if I hadn't taken this leap, praising the process.
1: And the crowd goes wild at that line too. That literally mm-hmm. to me was like, we're watching a sport when he praises the process and the whole, they cut to the audience and it says, it's just like, ah! everybody's going nuts. I'm like, this is a fucking baseball game. This is a fucking football game. We just watched somebody score a touchdown and the crowd's going crazy.
0: Yeah, they want him to be Bachelor.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a very strong 4TR heartbreak play. I, you know, nothing against him for that. Again, I think his self elimination has painted him into this fucking shitty corner where it's like he can't really, even coming back as the Bachelor. Unless they have his child living on the premises with him and like every date is him and the kid like at the dinners and shit, you know? I don't I just don't know how they do it otherwise.
0: I think they have to have the kid on the premises like Mesney. Yeah. Portion number eight. We get a series of reels of bloopers. From the bash ball group date. There was a section we didn't see where Wells makes them do shit talking. And Brendan calls Trey a bad dancer. Olio tells someone, "Your eyes are blue like a urinal cake." I loved all of his jokes that were in the bloopers. I hate that they cut out his entire sense of humor from the show. That
1: urinal cake was like that's the first moment we get an inkling, like, wait a minute, is this motherfucker funny? He's not just a sad dad who fucking is, yeah. is thinking about his kid. And then it <laughs> continues. We get a reel that's uh, in the about the whoa whoa challenge. And we see that the two drag queens, Monet Exchange and Shea Coulee, ask them on that group date who broke the fucking WoWo contest. And all it was the first one, he's like, yep, it was me. And the guys are all like kind of talking about how they were too exhausted to jerk off. But he's making like this open joke about it. And it goes into this fucking thing with him and Aaron kind of joking with each other about like who has more stamina and all this shit. And you're like, this motherfucker's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Where the fuck was yeah. this guy in the show?
0: Why do you cut this out? Especially since it seems like they're trying to give him a good edit. Give him a sense of humor, too. Like, I loved these. Then we get a surprise hot seat. It's a Bachelor alum. It's Jason Tardick. Our host's fiancé. And we get a reel of Jason Tardick proposing to Caitlin Bristow. Did you see this coming?
1: No, I did not see this coming, but I did see this about a month ago, all over social media. So the thing we're watching (laughs) is certainly old news. If you're in the fourth audience at all, you're aware that he did this proposal. You definitely know it happened on her podcast where they first met. You've seen this video a million times by now. I think we gave it our parasocial play of the week, the week that it Mm -hmm. happened. But now something interesting has happened, which is the show itself has sucked up their parasocial play and turned it into television. They are basically using media that they created for their social media as part of the actual broadcast program. I don't know that we've seen anything quite like that. We've seen Lee Garrett's tweets put up on a screen. We've seen Mm. Garrett Egerian's, I think his tweets and likes. Did they put those up on a screen or did they just kind of call him out for it?
0: I don't remember seeing the images on the show. I'm not sure, but we definitely have gotten updates from Bachelor alums during these reunion shows. They'll bring in previous successful couples. It's interesting to do it in this way where it's like one of the hosts and they're doing it by playing this video that they created for their social media. Well, this is
1: another thing that, that lends to that idea of like, Caitlin has no authority here. This seems kind of surprising to her. It's a thing the show is doing like, oh, look, ha, ha, ha. The show has complete control over this. They're the ones who put this package together, brought Tardic there, all that kind of shit. It's It just, again, diminishes the sense that she's has any control over anything going on. I thought it played well, though. I know that there's like a, a big portion of the fourth audience who doesn't listen to her podcast, doesn't follow her on social media, maybe doesn't even know that this happened. Yeah. So it was good to see it in the document and... Kudos to fucking Tardic. Like this is where really I was like, fuck, that guy's a goddamn genius because yeah. he, it's the timing of when he did it. He knew she was about to go on the show to start hosting and he's like, let me get this in now. I don't know that he knew necessarily this was going to happen, but I bet he thought it was a possibility because of the timing. He's like, if I do this right, we can fucking suck this up into the show, more followers, more promotion, blah, blah, blah.
0: He literally did it exactly perfectly the timing, the format that it was on her podcast so more people would listen to her podcast, getting the dogs in there, getting a little creature action. I was like, is this moment going to get Bristow to 2 million?
1: Time see. will Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. She's still sitting at 1.9, but maybe. I don't know. I don't think she and Tasha are going to move at all. But it was a great end to portion number eight. And then portion nine begins, of course, with The crown herself, Katie Thurston. We are well into that summer season, and there's really only one question you have to ask yourself. Is your wardrobe summer ready? What better way to get into the carefree spirit of summer than with a brand whose apparel and accessories are all about laid-back living and enjoying life to the fullest? We're talking about Pura Vida. Pura Vida is one of the coolest apparel and accessory brands out there. And giving back has always been at the core of what they do. Pura Vida was started by two California surfers who went to Costa Rica and fell in love with the art and laid back lifestyle. They began partnering with Costa Rican artisans to create beautiful braided bracelets. Selling millions each year. A portion of what they make goes back to causes you care about. They partner with over 200 charities worldwide.
0: Pure Vida's fair trade apparel and artisan-made accessories are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and very cool. I love their colorful graphic tees, their crop tees, their hoodies. There's one-of-a-kind tie-dyes. They're fun to wear and express your personality. And you know I love to be comfortable it's one of my top priorities and their apparel is buttery soft a hundred percent cotton I really love the stay golden t-shirt it's got all of my favorite colors it's got a sunset it says stay golden in a cool font it's cute it's comfy what more could you want from your clothes
1: not much more
0: and it's also clothing with a cause you can shop their charity collections, and 5% of your purchase price is given back to charities that support things like ocean and land conservation.
1: This is Pura Vita. You can look good and do good. To get 20% off your Pura Vita order, you text Roses, R O S E S, to 38817. That's Roses to the number 38817, and you're going to get 20% off at Pura Vita. Terms apply. Available at PuraVidaBracelets.com slash terms. Once again, you just text ROSES to the number 38817. Pura Vita.
0: Clues. In today's world, I feel like it's very important that you have passions that keep you going. Especially when there's not much else you can do. Sometimes there's things up in the air. For me, this has been practicing yoga, I've been doing it every day of the pandemic, and it really has helped me in all sorts of aspects of my life. And we all have passions that push us to do big things in life, like selling your crafts online. Is that all out of a deep burning love for logistics and order management? Okay, no one is passionate about that part, and that is why you have ShipStation. They make it easy to manage your orders and get your products out of the door so you can get back to doing what you really love, growing your business. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier using ShipStation's deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. No wonder... 100,000 plus online sellers choose ShipStation.
1: No matter how you sell, if you're on Shopify, if you're on Etsy, if you've
0: built your own
1: magnificent website, it doesn't matter. ShipStation is going to funnel all of your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere. And when I say anywhere, I mean anywhere because you can even do it on your cell phone. You'll get access to amazing discounts with a major carriers. We're talking UPS. We're talking FedEx. We're talking USPS. You can easily compare carriers and choose the best solution literally every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments.
0: Ship more in less time for a lot less money. Just use our offer code ROSES to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in ROSES. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code ROSES, R-O-S-E-S. Make ship happen.
1: She comes out and does her hot seat. And uh, Caitlin does a little bit of a stilted reading here off the teleprompter. And Katie says that she likes Michael Alio's beard. She notices the beard play. And Tasha asks Michael if he wants to tell her anything. And he's like, I never wanted to leave. And I was put in a situation that I had to leave for my kid. And the journey helped him understand that he can find love again. And he trusts she would still be fit to be the mother of his child anytime. time. And then Caitlin says, you know, Michael would give you a second chance. And this is, you know, a moment where they're basically kind of trying to force Katie into this box to be like, would you give him a second chance? But they already know how the season has concluded. They know that this is not possible. However, it concluded, obviously, they know what her answer is going to be. But nonetheless, she has to give this answer to give that closure. And so she says she's moved on. Everything happens for a reason. And. That kind of puts the the ribbon on the Michael Alio story for the entire season.
0: We get a couple other interactions with other guys in the chairs. Andrew S. reprises his accent. Hello, love. I second everything Alio said. You created a man out of me. Everything we had was real. No regrets. No, you're going to be an incredible wife. She says nothing but love and respect for you. Trey jumps in about how he's nervous and insecure. He talked a lot about Thomas, but she helped him grow for the next person. And he calls her does he call her a gemable woman? Did you get this?
1: A gem of a woman.
0: Oh. <laughs> that makes more <laughs> sense. I like gemable
1: woman. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's interesting. You're a woman that you could, could transform into, into a gem. gem at some time. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, and then <laughs> Aaron <laughs> pops in. My journey got encompassed by conflict. No shit. Hopefully it made you it easier for you to fall in love. I love this this line by him. It's just like, I was the snowplow that plowed all the 4 TWR out of the way, making sure you could find love.
1: He's like, I'm the best tattler that ever fucking lived. So you better <laughs> thank me. <laughs> and then Katie says, That's really nice of you to say. Thanks, Thomas. And Katie calling Aaron Thomas was my error, 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 error of the game. Game. I mean, holy shit! You can't be doing that kind of stuff as a crown. This they play it off as like a joke, and he says everything's fine, but the audience goes wild on this and. Everybody's kind of losing their mind and they they do rein it back in, but that shit's on tape. They kept it in the fucking show, and uh, that's a pretty big fucking error.
0: I cannot imagine how the fourth audience is going to take it. Katie's big mistake was also my error, 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 error of the game. No contest for me. I mean rough. <laughs> rough moment to watch.
1: Not only was it incredibly rough, and I think it would have taken the error of the game no matter what happened on this episode of Mental, Health, but all the guys played this shit like pretty fucking well. Especially this thing. Usually when the lead comes out and they're like face the firing squad one or two people will be like, why did you do this? And if this was true, then how could this have happened? Or Nick Vial, you took things from me, that kind of shit. None of that here. All these guys are like, you're the best. You're a gem of a woman. You taught me how to love. You taught me how to be a man. Very I gem. everything to you. Yeah. You're very gemable. I hope that I helped you find love. You're the greatest. You'll always have a special place in my heart. They all say this. To a T. They're praising her, praising the process. They're playing it fucking perfectly. All of them. I don't think yeah. we've ever seen a, a tell like this where there's not at least one kind of transgressor who demands some kind of closure from the first audience.
0: Everyone is uh, learning, perhaps from our show. Aaron like played this well. He jumped out of his seat and said, why am I here? And then he said, that's my mortal enemy.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny, I thought. Good line from Aaron. And once all the hub hub quiets down, Connor stands up and he's holding a uke. He's got one more song in him and he starts singing it. And the chorus is, the guys on this season have got me believing in bromance. And Connor singing his bromance. Its anthem was my play 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 of the ga- game. This fucking guy lit it on fire tonight. <laughs> everything he did was not only correct it was playing at a level higher than every other player he's making out with a paid actress on stage he's giving her that rose in a manufactured hot seat moment Then he basically is taking us out of the entire show. I know there's still one more portion, but he's basically getting the coda of the show with a new fucking song, and we know his songs are fucking great, and this one doesn't disappoint. This man is fucking playing the mental all for every fucking thing it's worth. I was blown away by this.
0: He played a perfect game. He did. I mean, we'll get to it. This was my runner-up for play of the game, the second audience. Second audience, but really all four audience play that he does right here. It's,
1: I'll tell you why it edged out the, the making out and the rose delivery to the paid actress. Hmm. This is prepared. It's, he had to have written the song coming into this knowing this. So it's either the third audience told him, hey, we want you to do a song at the end Cause he's got the uke like that's all third audience shit. This is a produced moment. So I don't know if they told him have a song ready or if he told them, Hey, I've written a new song either hmm. way. He has to get third audience help here. And obviously he had to for the, the paid makeout as well, but I don't know if he was in on that one. And this to make one, he... the edit. Exactly. So not always you have to write this fucking song. It's gotta be good. He gets the entire second audience to sing along
0: with him. <laughs>
1: It's fucking unreal, unreal <laughs> what this guy was able to do tonight.
0: And it had compos for the first audience.
1: Yes. I don't like the tell-alls, but a performance like this makes me at least like this one. I just, he understood what was at stake here. He understood what he could do in this. And I am fascinated to see what his Instagram numbers are going to be after this. Because I have to imagine he's going to get the biggest bump
0: and I can't wait to see him play on Sand in Paradise, although this casted makeout makes me think maybe he didn't find love, which worries me.
1: You don't need love from Sand. You just need those followers.
0: So cynical. Motherfucker, so cynical. We've been describing this thing as a fucking professional sport for two years. (laughs) I know, but you're just so cynical about it. <laughs> it could be love and
1: sport, please. Of course. I'm not saying people don't fall in love. Of course they do. I always have maintained that. But paradise is like, whatever. Some people get married and shit on there. I mean, I'm not cynical. If anything, I'm I'm very I romanticize the game. I like the play.
0: I love I for the he's...
1: game. <laughs> I do. That's why I watch it. And I'm just saying he's playing at a very high level tonight. That's all.
0: I mean Nothing is more evidence that he's playing at a high level in that I, the fourth audience, desperately want him to find love.
1: Right. Maybe he did with Tara Kelly music.
0: (laughs) Additionally, he makes his own commercial break with this move. And getting the second audience, the other players, to sing along with him, they can't be mad at this play because you can't be mad when you're singing. That's just physical facts. And all you
1: need is one player to join in, and then the other ones have to, or they risk mm-hmm. being the one shithead who's on stage like with arms crossed, like, I'm not singing this dumb song. You got to look like you're having fun and partying and enjoying this. And so mm-hmm. they all fall right in line. This is a fucking Pied Piper. It's beautiful.
0: I bet Jed is so pissed. It's like Connor B. took his game and he altered it to be 4 trr And probably will have more musical success.
1: All I see when I think of Jed Wyatt is that big fucking stupid hat. Do you remember the hat that he wore on that group date?
0: (laughs) I don't even know what hat you're talking about.
1: (laughs) They had a group date where they had to do a talent show. And he came out and obviously saying. I'll be your Mr. Right girl. He was wearing this giant goofy ass hat and it just made, it painted his entire fucking rest of the season for me as like, he's a dipshit because this hat looks so crazy. Because of
0: the hat? Because Yes. I mean, he was a ring winner. I know. Who had a girlfriend the whole time. I mean, arguably is one of the greatest players ever. Con artist. Totally. I, and, I mean, and I have allegedly. To keep that
1: in mind. I have to remember that. No, it is Allegedly allegedly yes we don't know what the truth of it is we don't he know the maintains the truth. truth everybody else maintains a different truth whatever fake news As who was it that said that a hundred times tonight brendan but no i think connor is a more he's just like younger and more fun and he's got yeah. like a funny attitude like i don't think jed wyatt could have pulled he's like out a, a liberal
0: version of jed wyatt
1: i don't know that jed wyatt's not liberal he's just a little <laughs> too like okay you know what it is? Jed Wyatt is too serious about his music. Connor is good at music. His songs are good, but they're also funny. And he can like mm-hmm. roll with that, you know? He's got a, a fun lovingness to him that Jed Wyatt never had.
0: Yeah, Jed hated that his songs were called jingles. And Connor B would be like, yeah, I'm the jingle guy. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Let
1: me write a, a fucking commercial for Twix or something or Snickers. Let me start getting
0: that mm-hmm. money. I could see him doing something. I could something definitely like see that. him in a Twix commercial. Portion 10 begins. We are still in Katie's hot seat. They ask about Carl. Katie says our relationship wasn't strong enough to move forward, regardless. I don't know why we need this information, but she wanted it to be a fun environment for everyone, even though he was right about the 4WR uh, vague tattle. Carl says, "I'm happy you're able to find love." And Then we get a villain hot seat. Via video chat, we are not given the reason for this, but Thomas appears in front of a white wall, and behind him is a ladder. I saw the ladder. Yeah, I recognized. What does it mean? Thought it was a
1: ladder. I don't know, but I did see the ladder, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "She's right. Something's going on here."
0: Uh-huh, your astral projecting is working. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I coming think together. The,
1: uh, I think the reason he was via video, I don't know why I think this, but I think I read this somewhere or heard it somewhere. This could be complete conjecture, so please don't take this as news or anything, but I think he had COVID. I think he was COVID positive. Oh, shit. I think. Again, I don't know if that's 100% accurate or not, but I have, for some reason, I have that feeling.
0: So he's... They set up that location to just sort of fit in with the vibe of the season? Or are they specifically fucking with me with this fucking ladder?
1: Is he fucking with you? If that was just like his fucking apartment and he's doing the set design or whatever. <gasps> no, like,
0: that was his yeah. apartment. Where, where are no.
1: they taking him to a set? Like, why would they no, take him to a set if they wouldn't take him type to a the set? Of
0: ladder? They Maybe? definitely dressed that set, they dressed it. They brought the ladders. They've been carrying the ladders around with them. I Okay, I'm sorry. I can't stop talking about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, hey, it's okay. This is a safe space. I know what that's like. I know that feeling. I really do.
0: I know you know that feeling. That's why it terrifies me so much. It feels very <laughs> cluesy and <laughs> like I've lost myself, you know? This yes. game has taken things from me.
1: Give yourself up. Say goodbye to yourself and say hello to Pace Case that only believes in the power of ladders.
0: Pace Case 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he just he does an apology to Katie, says he took attention away from her and amazing guys. He does say one thing that's been bothering me. What was the big change? And she says it was that when she was sobbing and he was sitting there smiling at her giving his speech it's like oh i see that and he says that brings clarity she wishes nothing but the best for him
1: and he says the same thing basically back and this is like the biggest fucking villain of the season is like well thank you for giving me that clarity i wish you well have a great life that's the villain yeah. of the fucking season none of these guys came with any fucking thunder to the mental all
0: no and none of the hosts asked him about the big accusation that they've all been talking about. Like, oh, you said you wanted to be on the Bachelor. You wanted to be the bachelor. Not even asked.
1: Yeah, just nowhere, nowhere. And that is on the producers because Tasha and Caitlin are not saying anything unless it's on a screen in front of them. Whereas I feel like DLH did. Bob and Weave a little bit. Because, I mean, he had done it so many fucking times also. He's, he's hosted however many of these, you know, fucking 75 or something over the course of his career. So he kind of knew how to roll with the punches more and, and deliver what needed to be delivered. And I know this was like their first time. If they continue hosting the show, they're going to do more of these. I think they will get better mm-hmm. in the future. But I got to say, this first time out of the gate was fucking rough.
0: I did like that they split it up by segments, that one person handled each one. Um, But then we get... Another blooper reel. And Olio. we see Olio and Katie on their date. Olio tells her that he was conceived in the back of a dune buggy. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Why do they cut this out? He's so funny. I know. He's
1: easily, well, I don't know, though, because like this also made me think, I was going to say he was easily the funniest guy in the house, but I'm like,
0: fuck, maybe they all were. I got no fucking idea. I mean, supposedly- Greg Grippo had a British accent on the whole season and we never saw him do it one single time. Why didn't they give him any humor either?
1: Because I think they're not trying to dip either of those guys into a fool edit and they mistakenly think that humor is fool edit. And that is not Mm. the case, obviously. Especially for somebody like Katie Thurston, who is herself very funny and Mm -hmm. enjoys humor and like hijinks and shit like that. Yeah. I think it's just the producers are locked into the old mode of how the show's made and it's like, if you cut somebody doing something funny, that means they're a fool and you can't take their relationship seriously.
0: We got a couple other important things in this blooper reel. Tasha and Bristow discuss the Tings.
1: Yeah. I watched that a couple of times.
0: <laughs> how did you feel about that? <laughs>
1: We never saw them do the tings. We never actually got tings in the document this season. Mm -hmm. But they did have a conversation about it. Now, what happened? Did they ting? And they cut the tings. Were they never allowed to ting? Why talk about tinging if you're not going to deliver tings? I believe there are secret ting tapes from season 17 of The Bachelorette. And I believe we will never see them, similar to the JoJo Fletcher ting tapes of Bachelorette 16. This conversation was chilling to me because they're aware of it. That's another thing that yeah. is like very accurately conveyed here. They know that it's a thing, and they're making little dances of it. They're kind of making a joke of it, but they know that it is this integral piece of the game. It is the buzzer. It is the thing. That says standard play is over. We now move to the elimination round, and we didn't have it at all this season. We just had these awkward things where either Katie would come in and be like, "There's no rose ceremony. Goodbye," or Tayshia and Caitlin would come in and be like, "That's it, guys. Bye." But never the sound. And I, I don't know. It was interesting to see this. It felt almost like a trick. Like the producers were trolling us a little bit. Like, oh, we mm-hmm. know about the tings. We just yeah. didn't. We're gonna them call to them
0: yet. clings. And we're going to just talk about them and never give it to you. Yeah, we are getting trolled, I think. The ladders and the tigs, I'm convinced. As am I.
1: <laughs> okay, glad we're on the same page.
0: And there was also a moment where a, the Ultimate Girl Gang is walking down a dirt path. And a producer scares them with a tree branch. I guess attempting to get that bystander of the week award and failing to make the document
1: i saw this and i was like what the fuck are they doing especially after we just came off doing that patreon episode where we talked about ben higgins appearance on bachelor party and he's talking about Mm -hmm. basically in that bachelor party episode at length about the psychological trauma that occurred to him as a result of being on the show the kind of psychological torture methods that the producers would use against him and you see shit like this Yeah, it's funny. It's in a blooper reel. They just scared the shit out of Tasha so much that she literally falls on the fucking ground. But then if you see it through this other light, that the producers create this environment of pure psychological terror, where you're not sleeping right, where people are following you constantly, where you're only allowed to talk to certain people at certain times, where you can't go to the bathroom unless you're told that you can. You see it now in a new light, where it's like, okay here's the 10 minutes that we're going to give you to walk outside, see sunlight, whatever. And there's some fucking dude hiding behind a tree with a stick that's like shoving it out at you, making you think it's a snake or some shit. Of course, you're, I mean, I bet in a normal circumstance, she'd just be like, what the fuck are you doing? But because she's in this circumstance where she's being psychologically tortured 24 hours a day, (laughs) any little, like how jumpy she was, she fell on the fucking ground. It just takes on a new fucking tone to me when I see shit like this. After listening to that Ben Higgins podcast, I'm like, fuck, that is some deep, dark shit right there.
0: Yeah. Even if you don't listen to our breakdown of it, you all should listen to Ben Higgins on Bachelor Party because it is illuminating about uh, what lies beneath.
1: It's one of the most important admissions from a lead about what happened to them on a show that has ever come out of Bachelor Nation. It's really fucking, like, dark, dark shit, in my opinion.
0: And we finished the blooper reel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, And Bristow asked Katie, do you have any regrets? Katie says, there's going to be what ifs, but I'm happy with how everything turned out. And Bristow, love level fours, Bachelor Nation. I got to say, I thought we would get more out of Katie this episode. She was... Not giving us much.
1: I agree. And I'll say this. This is what it kind of felt like to me. That she was nervous to be out there because it's live. And she didn't want to misstep. And obviously she did a pretty Mm -hmm. big misstep when she calls Aaron Thomas. But that's just kind of the tone. It felt like she was like very reserved in all of her answers. Not giving away too much. But we get some information that August 9th will be the three-hour season finale And then Tasha and Caitlin sign us off and we get a promo for the rest of the season. We see Katie kissing all three of her remaining guys. Justin is going to drop an LL3. We see hot tubs, bike rides. Katie says she's holding her level before until the very end. We see some hometown moments. Blake Moyne's mom glows him. Grippo produces tears. Katie tells somebody's mom that everyone gets hurt except one man. (laughs) 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 That part I fucking loved. It's like... That's Lucy and protocol a little bit. It's like, well, here's how the game works. Yeah. Everybody gets fucked except <laughs> one person. I don't know if you know what the bachelorette is.
0: That's what you sign up for. And we get a new sort of ominous clip of Katie and KB having a bathroom conversation in which Katie K, KB asks her what she wants and she says I want someone to book my flight home. Reminiscent of the Ben Higgins bathroom conversation where he LL4s Jojo Fletcher, where it gives this vibe like they think they're not on camera because we can't see them, but we still hear the audio. And in the tag, Hunter and Andrew S speak in a British accent, and Grippo tries, and then they talk about how Grippo never dropped this accent that we never heard a single time.
1: And we're just left wondering how much other shit did we not see that is probably a hundred times more entertaining than the bullshit they cobbled together for this season. It just, every time you see something like this, you're like, what are they fucking doing? They're cutting out the good shit and putting in the boring shit? Maybe it's a symptom of bubble seasons, but I, I feel like they're just too locked into the format of the show that's like, okay, here's our serious one, here's this. And if that guy winds up being your serious one, he's never getting a joke. Like that's just how they do
0: it. Andrew S. We're going to show him doing an accent a million times, but we won't ever see anyone else joining him in it or our front runner joining him. Like that thing about him starting every rose ceremony, being like, "Let the ceremony begin." Like that's hilarious. I guess it's it's mocking the process. Exactly,
1: it's demeaning yeah. the ceremony, and they'll never allow that. Part, we covered a clip on our Patreon from John Paul Jones, jibber jabber with JPJ. In that, he talks about a consequence of not really taking the game seriously. <laughs> Something that happened to him and all of his players on like the fourth night in the house. So if you want to, check that out on Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Or you can check out our coverage of it on our most recent episode of uh, Digging Deeper on our Patreon. But that's it. That wraps up our coverage of The Men All from Historic Season 17 of The Bachelorette. Pace Case, who was your most valuable player?
0: Connor B was my MMMMVP for inspiring my creature of the week, a cat audience tot, for playing defense for Hunter in the chairs, for making out with an audience member, for creating a rose and handing it to Tara making his own bachelor show, for redeeming his fool edit regarding his bad kissing, and for creating a song for the second audience about bromance.
1: Connor B. was also my... M-M-M-M-V-P. This entire game belonged to the Catman. There was no one coming close. As you said, the first shots we get of the audience contains an homage to his taut limo exit. They have forced someone in the audience to wear a fucking cat costume in honor of his play. We see him get the redemption for the bad kisser. They have literally hired someone to facilitate that redemption. And he fucking capitalizes. The rose, the double make out, the whole fucking nine yards. The funny story about I texted some exes to see if I was mm-hmm. a <laughs> bad kisser or not. We see him come to the fucking defense of Hunter. The only player who does that the entire night. And he does it successfully. Even ending it with a conversation with James where he's like, look, everybody has an opinion. James, yours is just wrong just fucking shuts him down, gives us this flash of dominance before returning back to the lovable fool playing his ukulele with his bromance anthem. The Duke of Uke. I was fucking floored by what this man did tonight. This is one of the most powerful mental All performances we have ever seen. I gladly give you my MVP, Connor the Catman B.
0: You definitely deserve this golden award. Did you have a creature?
1: No, there were no creatures that I was aware of. There were some bugs in the blooper reel, but we never really saw one.
0: Hmm. I thought for
1: sure they'd give us like turkeys or something in the blooper reel. Nothing. Not a goddamn creature in sight.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this mental All Breakdown. We will be back on Thursday with This Week in Bachelor Nation. There's a lot going on in the nation to cover. There's... Baby or pre-babies. Some of us (laughs) like to call that the fetus game. Some of us don't know how we feel about the term fetus game. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A twinkle in an eye. Some very strong parasocial plays, some parasocial errors. We got it all.
1: So please join us this Thursday for This Week in Bachelor Nation. And of course... Pick up a pre-order of How to Win the Bachelor, available anywhere you get your books. Pick up a Do You You hooju t-shirt, available at bonfire.com slash hooju. Vote for us at thepodcastawards.com. We need that People's (laughs) Choice Award. We need it.
0: (laughs) We'll be back next Tuesday with the next Game Breakdown. Hometowns. There's only three guys left.
1: Is it going to be everybody goes through hometowns?
0: I mean, I'm guessing this is why the season ends early, because Alio's gone.
1: If, 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 okay? I'm just going through the numbers here. If Uh they give her roses to hand to these guys, but mathematically they're going to say all three can get roses. Maybe it's a scenario where it's like you get a rose on your hometown or not. If that's the case, those would be specialty roses. Those would be zero-point roses given outside of a rose ceremony. We have the possibility here of some very low RQs.
0: Why would they not have a rose ceremony? I'm just, I'm playing.
1: I'm playing around, seeing what's possible. They would likely have a rose ceremony. You're right. I'm just saying. We've seen some stuff, you know?
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure, she could give them out. At each hometown, a thing we've never seen, ever. Sure, yeah, it could happen. We've seen weird
1: things like this happen before. Nick Vial had no rose ceremony for his hometown round. That's true. Everybody de facto got roses. We saw Chris Soul's season in, I believe it was round of six, there was no rose ceremony. He gave out two Mm -hmm. roses, one on a one-on-one and one on a group date, but then he eliminated enough people that the remaining four players just got roses outside of a rose ceremony, Bristol being one of them. That's why her rose quotient is so low because she has eight roses, but one of them technically was like a in a rose. So it wasn't a zero point. It wasn't a rose ceremony. It was like she just moved through to the next round. There was no bestowing mm-hmm. of that rose. So she had technically these uh, roses were given out over seven rounds instead of eight.
0: Mm.
1: At any rate. I digress. I'm just saying. <laughs> we could see some interesting shit as a result of this fucked up math that's happening right, right. now because of Olio's self-elimination.
0: I mean, it's definitely going to give both Grippo and Moines, I mean, and Justin, lower our cues, probably.
1: Probably. Well, we'll see what happens. But uh, the playoffs are... A foot, ladies and gentlemen. We are approaching the end of this season. We are very excited about it, and we have all these upcoming dates. We know Bachelor in Paradise is right around the corner, and the men of Michelle Young's season have now been announced. They are all over the internet. We will be going through them probably in a month or two, like right before her season starts to air. We'll be breaking down all their Instagrams and stuff. But they start shooting their season, I believe, in a week. I think they're all shipping out now to wherever the fuck they're shooting. I don't know if it's at the mansion. Mm-hmm. I literally don't know anything about what's going on with that season if it's bubble or not but i assume if it was bubble we would have heard where they were shooting by now
0: i just don't know how it could not be bubble at this point
1: did you I see the know. audience of the mental law
0: maybe they did maybe they did vaccine passports for the audience
1: maybe i don't know but i i have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be mansion and domestic travel
0: i hope we can return to our beloved games uh roots as soon as is safely possible
1: me too and before we go as always what is that dwob at
0: it has been 7,064 days without an asian bachelor praise be our beloved game
1: please rate this podcast That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
0: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. Dot Co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better?
1: Well,